You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Antidepressants can help our patients greatly, but so many of them stop because of problems with weight gain. How can we help our patients with this annoying side effect? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with me today is Dr. Anita Clayton, professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Neurobehavioral Sciences at the University of Virginia Healthcare System in Charlottesville, Virginia. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Clayton. I'm happy to be here. I certainly have the experience that it seems particularly young women who are having a hard time will come in recognizing that they could benefit from an antidepressant, but doctor, don't put me on something that will cause me to gain weight. Right. Fairly common experience? Very common experience. And I know the data just came out about obesity in this country, and not a single state had a decrease in percent of people in the population with obesity in the last measurement period, which I think was a year. So we really are not, as a whole, as a country, losing weight. And we are incredibly concerned about this. In addition, women are more likely to have atypical features of depression where they have increased appetite, weight gain, increased sleep, and so decreased activity level, which further contributes to their weight gain, and they're very concerned about it. In women who've lost weight as a symptom of their depression, that's about the only thing that they feel good about, and they really don't want to regain that weight, even if regaining that weight is really part of their depressive recovery. So even... Not excessive weight gain, but just weight gain to restore their weight back to their pre-depression levels is also tended to be viewed as a negative experience. And we're really talking about significant weight gain. In general, in studies, we've been looking at people who gain more than 7% from their baseline body weight as being significant. And it varies with antidepressants, the percentage of people who experience this, but it's probably anywhere from about 10% with most of the newer antidepressants to over 25% with tricyclics. And some of it happens quickly after initiating therapy, such as with the tricyclics and mirtazapine, and some of it happens over the long term. Because with SSRIs, what we tend to see is a decrease in appetite initially and maybe some weight loss but that's only lasting about three months, and then we start to see the weight gain occur. So there's really a lot of increased morbidity associated with the weight gain that we see, whether it's related to drug treatment or whether it's related to the depression itself. And we always tell our patients that studies show that if you can lose 5 to 10% of your body weight, it makes significant positive impact on your risk for diabetes and cardiovascular disease. So this 7% gain is indeed very significant. It really is. And the problem is, is that when you're depressed, you don't feel like limiting what you eat because you're not getting any pleasure out of anything. So maybe you'll get some pleasure out of eating. And you certainly don't feel like exercising or or getting in a very regimented or routine exercise program. And I've certainly seen the self-reinforcing nature of this. are not motivated to exercise and they're eating more. So the weight goes up. They feel even more down and discouraged and builds on itself. Right, because we know, particularly in women, that weight gain itself is associated with depression. Sexual dysfunction is also associated with depression in both men and women. And in my experience, men tend to worry about that more, whether they actually have depression more often as a result of sexual dysfunction is is not known. But we do know that women who gain weight become more depressed, because this is a nation that's obsessed with idealized 
body shapes, particularly for women. The social pressure is very significant. Do we understand when the weight gain is not due to the depression itself, when it is due to these medicines? What, what's the pathophysiology here? How is that happening? I wish we knew more about it because I think if we did, we could actually develop products to help with weight gain and obesity. And there are people working on this. We do have some ideas. We think that, again, it's the 5-HT2C receptors that may initially lead to decreased food intake because it's decreasing appetite and hunger, particularly for carbohydrates. But with repeated administration, that response seems to go away. And in fact, we see an increase in carbohydrate intake and desire. Also, serotonin drugs inhibit dopamine so that we know that dopamine sometimes can help reduce cravings for a variety of things, including food. And there may be other possible mechanisms. Serotonergic systems appear to mediate the leptin pathways. Prolactin may also go up with, for example, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and that may be associated with gain in weight. And histamine receptors also appear to be a problem. That is, antagonism of uh, H1 may in fact be a contributor to increased appetite as well. So predominantly effects on serotonin systems and related systems, and then indirect effects on dopamine systems may play a role. Can you ever use the initial slight weight loss as a a carrot to increase compliance? Or is that not a, a very safe thing to do? It doesn't happen reliably enough. I have often wondered about this because I wonder if it's the people who lose weight initially who are the people who gain weight later. And the people who don't really have significant weight change early on probably don't go on to be part of that, people who gain 7% or more of their baseline body weight. But nobody has systematically studied that, and we should, uh, because, in fact, maybe we could get people on a trajectory where they're losing weight without then having it flip over into this group that starts to gain weight. Is there evidence that uh, initial change in weight or lack thereof in the first three, four months is prognostically important in terms of what will happen a year down the road? Or Not in systematic studies. I think in my clinical experience, the people who lose weight very early on with the serotonin reuptake inhibitors later seem to be the people who are sort of creeping up in their weight just sort of gradually and it just keeps happening for beyond a year. I've had patients who continue to gain weight at two years and even three years. And this is part of the group that has come in and complained about weight gain with their antidepressants. And I said, oh, no, you know, the data shows that, in fact, it causes weight loss, but those are short-term studies. And with this issue of weight change, we've got to be looking at long-term studies. So, in fact, if you give patients things like mirtazapine, we tend to see weight gain occurring very quickly. And if you don't see that weight gain occur in the first 8 to 12 weeks, then those people are probably not going to have weight gain associated with using that drug. So I really do try to watch what's happening early. Is their weight changing? What's going on? Is their appetite increasing? And we try to modulate that because we don't want people to gain 10 pounds before we've even started to address this problem. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and we are talking with Dr. Anita Clayton from the University of Virginia Health System about how to deal with weight gain issues associated with antidepressants. Dr. Clayton, are there particular agents then if weight is a concern up front that you tend to look toward? Well, bupropion is not associated with weight gain. And in fact, 
it probably is associated with weight loss, again, by, to some degree, reducing appetite. And that can be of benefit for patients where they're already overweight or they're very concerned about weight gain. Many of our patients who've already been on other medications where they think that they've caused weight gain are reluctant to take medications. And if we can say this is associated with some weight loss, potentially, even in the long term it is, then that might keep our patients taking their medication. It does look like the SNRIs may have fewer effects on weight, certainly in the short term. We don't have a lot of good long-term data on those. It does appear that saligiline as a monamine oxidase inhibitor is less likely to contribute to weight gain, again, potentially because of its greater effects on dopamine than other MAOIs. And tricyclics cause significant weight gain. They tend to cause it early on. It's probably the most common reason in all my years of practice that patients have told me they stopped taking it. So as much as they complain about constipation and dry eyes and dry mouth, it's the weight gain that causes them to stop taking a tricyclic. And when the drug reps come in with their glossies showing me that Lexapro is weight neutral, is that because the the study probably was a short-term, two- or three-month study? Right. Almost all of our clinical trials where those factors are looked at are about eight-week trials. There actually are some data about citalopram from Europe that showed an increase in weight that occurred after about three months in terms of the mean body weight of the group in the study. And it was continuing to climb, as I said, at the end of a year, which is when the study ended. So, again, I would not be convinced that there are big differences within the class of SSRIs in terms of effects on weight. And we've got to be looking at long-term outcomes in order to try to decide whether that actually is true or not. Now, bupropion has some very, theoretically, some very nice things in terms of lack of weight gain and and lack of sexual side effects. I, I sometimes get worried that it's going to be not the best for an anxious, depressed patient. Yeah, there have been some retrospective studies published looking at patients who had depression where anxiety was evaluated, and they were treated either with an SSRI or bupropion or placebo. And it turns out that the same percentage of patients responded to either the SSRI or bupropion in terms of their depression and in terms of the reduction in their anxiety because their anxiety is part of the depressive syndrome. So there really was no difference, and we didn't see an increase in anxiety related to anxious, depressed patients. Now, having said that, none of these patients had primary anxiety disorders, And primary anxiety disorders, as we've talked about before, are more likely to have a severe adverse event, whatever it is. And sometimes that includes worsening of anxiety or agitation, activation, stimulating side effects that make the patient feel like this is anxiety or more anxious. So people with a primary anxiety disorder, I would be more reluctant to start it. People with anxious depression, that is, anxiety symptoms as part of their depressive syndrome, there's no data to suggest that it has any worse outcome than SSRI. And if I can't tell in a given patient there are elements uh, of both perhaps anxiety and, and perhaps some depression, would you ever use bupropion with uh, benzodiazepine for the first two to three weeks? Sometimes. One of the things that I tend to do is use buspirone with bupropion. So if somebody appears to be really anxious and I think they're not going to tolerate whatever I give them, A lot of times I will start them on buspirone 
and get them up to 30 milligrams a day in divided doses relatively quickly. They tolerate it very well because it's so benign in terms of adverse effects. And then we can add in something else, even at a very low dose, and titrate them up very slowly. Eventually, we might get rid of it, but we don't have to because they're really not going to be physiologically dependent on it. I do sometimes use benzodiazepines acutely to get people adjusted up to doses, especially if they have severe depression and we need to do something about it relatively quickly. Well, I want to thank Dr. Anita Clayton from the University of Virginia Health System, who's been our guest as we've been discussing how to deal with some of the weight-associated side effects of antidepressant medications. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.